0: Mr. Mitchell, the crimes of which you stand accused are gruesome beyond measure. Innocent children! I never hurt any kids! This prosecution has offered evidence placing you at the scene of each of these heinous crimes, and you have offered up no explanations to the contrary. I didn't hurt anybody. It wasn't me. Then who was it, Mr. Mitchell? In
1: 1999... Eighteen-year-old Greg Mitchell was convicted of the kidnapping and murder of six-year-old Tegan Calloway and for the attempted kidnapping of six-year-old Molly McCready. Throughout his entire testimony, Greg claimed innocence. For twenty years, folks of Crescent Point slept easy, knowing this child murderer was behind bars. One year ago, today, twenty years after his conviction, Greg Henry Mitchell was released. DNA evidence discovered by the Innocence Project led to his case being overturned. A week after a subsequent release, Greg Mitchell filed a lawsuit against the Crescent Point County. He's suing for upwards of $400,000. My name is Sean King. As a freelance journalist, I've covered the local news in Crescent Point County for the last three years, both for the Bayside Gazette and the Crescent Point Almanac, and if you listened to K.500AM, you may have also heard my voice on your morning commute. Greg Mitchell's trial is a textbook example of our criminal system failing. But it's not just a black mark upon society. It's a case intertwined with this town's reputation, a series of crimes, urban legends, and dark fairy tales now whispered about at sleepovers and covertly retold at neighborhood block parties. If the name Greg Mitchell doesn't ring a bell, you'll certainly know him by his moniker. The Goatman Killer.
2: Aren't you asking
0: too much of the taxpayers of Crescent Point County?
1: Greg Mitchell's wrongful conviction didn't just rob him of 20 years, it destroyed his life. $400,000 is the least my client is entitled to. Greg's lawyer makes it seem like people's concerns are purely financial, but the locals are telling a different story.
0: I don't let my kids play in the front yard anymore. It's a travesty. The police have to do something about it.
1: Damn child running loose in our city.
0: I heard he's the boogeyman.
1: Has a criminal, a murderer, a child molester, been released back into our quiet town, the one he once terrorized, or is it possible that Greg Henry Mitchell really is innocent? And if he is innocent, truly, why would he make up such a story? This podcast is going to separate fact from fiction to find out whether or not our streets are safe, or if once again Crescent Point is the hunting grounds of a dangerous predator. This is Out of the Mist. Hey, you want a cup of coffee?
2: I've always got a pot on.
1: That's Michael Jensen. He's a Crescent Point detective. Retired five years ago. Let me see if I can find a mug. 58 years old, on the younger side for a retiree. His apartment. It's cluttered, with yellowed newspapers, unopened mail, stale coffee and mugs scattered on every available surface.
2: I have terrible insomnia. I only get a few hours every night. Doctors say it's anxiety, but I I think it was working nights all those years. It throws off your, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, Natural cycles.
1: Circadian rhythm? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Ever consider drinking less coffee?
2: (laughs) Got hooked back when I was working at beat in 93. When I made detective in 95, I tried to throw the pot against the wall. Just bounced back. Uh, milk or sugar? No, uh, I prefer black. Yeah, it's easier that way. Did
1: you drink a lot of coffee in 99?
2: A uh, whiskey? No, thank you. If we're going to talk about what happened in 99, you got to understand what it's like to be a cop in a small town. At any moment, the people you live with, break bread with, go to church with, might become a suspect. You have to split yourself into two people, the neighbor and the cop. After a while, it gets hard to keep the two separate. What about your family? Did you keep them separate from it all? The police work? Well, my wife was already halfway out the door in 99. By the time Sam went missing, I was already more cop than husband. Sam? Samuel Hernandez. Six years of age at the time of his disappearance on uh, October 21st, 1999. Uh, he was the first to go missing.
1: Samuel Hernandez. He's connected to the Goatman murders?
2: Not officially. Right, here's his file. The department gave you this? It, it went missing after I retired. See, at the time this was classified as a runaway. Uh, I was the only one that thought something was wrong with the scene, but I couldn't put my finger on it until after the Calloway and McReady kidnappings So what'd you end up putting your finger on? Tell me what you see
1: Kids room, made bed, Pokemon. What about
2: this? Kinda ugly rug and Is that dirt? Soil? Exactly what kind of kid takes the time to make their bed before running away, but still leave dirt everywhere? My mom would have killed me. Boys are messy. Some. My son never made his bed, no matter how many times his mom yelled <clears throat> at him. Sam's room had been dirty and his bed unmade. I might not have made the connection. But his room was spotless, except for the dirt. So were Tegan's and Molly's rooms covered in dirt? Both of them.
1: D- sure, but... Girls can be as dirty as boys. I never made my bed. Maybe this is just a coincidence. The department looking for something to
2: tie all the cases together.
1: The town was desperate, after all.
2: In each case, there was a circle of soil around the child's neatly made bed. No other smudges, no trails from windows or doors, no discernible footprints. It's as if the kidnapper took the children, made their beds, and then deliberately left the dirt behind. You think they cleaned the crime scene
1: of all possible evidence? but left dirt. So with Teague and Calloway, what tied her kidnapping to Mitchell? Just some dirt?
2: Greg Mitchell. He was a landscaper employed by both the Calloways and Macreadys. Of course, we didn't put that together until after the fact. What happened that night with Molly McCready? (laughs) You're a reporter. You tell me. (laughs) Seems we got it wrong. Perhaps you did. Here's all I know I got the call about a 207 That's a kidnapping in progress at the McCready residence When we arrived on the scene I We found Greg Mitchell in the backyard Holding on to Molly McCready She was screaming When I turned the flashlight on them I saw they had blood all over them It was horrifying seeing a kid like that But thank god the training kicked in I pulled Molly away and got Mitchell on the ground As I was cuffing him he pissed himself Really? Really? <laughs> Yeah, the whole time he was babbling, saying that uh, something tried to take the girl. Something. Boy reeked of cheap booze. Wasn't making much sense.
1: But he said something. At the trial it seemed like a ploy cooked up by his attorney for an insanity plea.
2: Look. Mitchell fit the profile. Lonely. Creepy. Drunk loser. Lived with his mother. We had evidence placing him at both Calloway's and McCready's homes. We found his footprints outside Teagan's bedroom window. When we arrested him at the McCready's, he had fresh cuts all over his hands, which explained the blood. Everything pointed to him. And the DNA. Inconclusive at the time. But all the other evidence said he was our guy. People were fucking terrified. My town, my neighbors, my family. The case needed to be solved. He was our guy.
1: And now? Do you still think Greg Mitchell did it? Crescent Point. Typical Pacific Northwest town. With the ocean breeze and tall redwood trees. Cold nights, where the salty air rolls off the sea and melts into humid forest hiking trails that pull you not just into nature, but into a time of yore. But, on Main Street, at midnight, this impenetrable fog, the kind where you can't see two inches from your nose. You won't be able to make out a single storefront, the cars that line the streets, or the river below the bridge on which you stand. An endless. An white canvas, the kind of place where one's imagination runs wild. My town is made up of three areas, Main Street, filled with hipster restaurants, real estate offices, one good ice cream parlor, and the rundown movie theater that only shows black and white films and the occasional skin flick. On the east side, nestled among the trees, chic, three-story townhouses, craftsmen, faux rustic cabins. A few million each on the low end, dot comers who want a seaside getaway. On the west side, beach flats, what was once a series of beachfront bungalows now decayed into a cluster of sandy, crab-ridden beach shacks, heroin needles, and cigarette butts pepper the boardwalk. This is where Greg Mitchell now lives. I'm, uh, approaching the place now. It's far away from the other homes. Greg lived with his single mother before his arrest. The place more a shack than a home, eaten away by time and the unforgiving sea air. Mrs. Mitchell died five years into Greg's incarceration. All she left him was this place. Okay, here it is. Christ, what are those? Hanging from the gutters, doors, and windows. Popsicle sticks, crisscrossed and wound with yarn. A bizarre pattern. Almost as if multiple eyes glared down at my trespassing. <knocking> Greg answers the door. The TV definitely added ten pounds. Tired, but sharp-eyed. Fingers yellowed with nicotine. Philip Marlowe on his day off. Mr. Mitchell, I'm Sean King. I'd like to interview you about your case...
0: Lawyers said I can't talk to the press about it until there's a ruling.
1: I'm not here for that case.
0: You're about twenty years too late.
1: I want to hear your side of the story.
0: You don't actually care about that.
1: Try me. Come on in then. Once inside, Greg's true self is on display. Stacks of newspapers, old magazines, soda cans brimming with cigarette butts. His walls and windows covered with maps of the Pacific Northwest. Missing children's posters. Haphazard sketches of shadowy monsters. All connected with twine. An old TV plays the news. Greg puts it on mute. One wall pulls my eye. A drawing of a creature. Floor to ceiling. Horns. Hooves. A human face. But in the worst way. The creature wields an axe. Articles surround the sinister art with names like Sater of Southern California, Beast of Blackberry Road, Pan of the Pacific Northwest, or simply, The Beast. Greg drops into the recliner across from me.
0: What paper are you with?
1: I work for Bayside Gazette and Crescent Point Almanac. But this isn't for them. It's for a podcast. Hmm. Smoke? No, Thanks. That's cool lighter. Uh, what's the symbol mean? A.A. Insignia. The sponsor
0: gave me this lighter instead of a chip. Oh,
1: congrats. When did you stop drinking? After that night in 99. What happened that night? You know what happened. I want to hear it from you. Greg seemed nervous. Fearful of what he was going to say. A look of concern flashed across his face. He looked away and lit up a new cigarette. He went through two more before he finally started to speak.
0: I was supposed to trim the McCready's hedges that afternoon, but I got lost down a bottle. When I finally sobered up enough to remember I had a job, it was already dark. drove by the house and saw the family car was gone decided to sneak onto the property and do the job before they came home. Didn't even know Molly was there until I heard her crying. Someone had her in their arms, walking through the backyard. I called out, thinking maybe it was Mr. McCready. And it turned around. What
1: did you see? I
0: wasn't sure what I was seeing. But I knew it wasn't human. And it had a little girl in its... Pause. I was holding pruning shears. You know, despite what people say, I'm not a violent guy. But in that instance, every bone in my body told me to save her. First swing cut it pretty deep on the shoulder. It dropped Molly and let out this sound. A guttural, inhuman shriek. I'll never forget it. Not sure where I got it with the second swing. I remember feeling coarse fur and leathery skin beneath that. I smell like wood rot and animal shit. I tried to stab it a third time, but it grabbed my hands. It had these sharp claws. I still got the scars. It shoved me to the ground. When I got up, it was gone. And Molly was screaming. I tried to calm her down we were both covered in blood. That's when the police showed up. Christ. I'll be right back. Here, drink this.
1: You look a little pale. Thanks. That's a hell of a story. No wonder no one believed you were innocent.
0: I'm not innocent. Not completely, anyway. How so? did a lot of research in prison. There are things I learned. Like this, for instance. Do you know what this is? No. It's called a God's Eye. According to legend, they keep evil spirits
1: at bay. So what? They're like a dream catcher or something? You think they offer some kind of protection?
0: I was mowing the lawn outside of Teagan Calloway's window when I saw one of these hanging from the drain pipe. I didn't know what they were back then and I thought it was just a piece of trash. I took it down, threw it away with the grass trimmings. The next day she went missing. Are you saying
1: that this thing took Teagan because you took down a god's eye? I don't know why, but it keeps it away. By
0: taking it down, I made Teagan vulnerable. This is something you uncovered in your Goatman research? Look, I know how it sounds, but police reports don't lie. Kids disappear up and down the West Coast, always in groups of three, dirt in the bedroom, and at the center of every disappearance are sightings of that.
1: Greg points to the drawing. This sounds insane.
0: It is. And it's not over in Crescent Point. What do you mean? It's always cycles of three. And last time it didn't get what it wanted.
1: What was that?
0: You. Me. I know you're Molly McCready.
1: (laughs) I'm done, we're done here. Sean, wait.
0: Five-year-old Kevin Laporte of Santa Cruz was reported missing today. Parents woke to find his room empty, save for unexplained piles of dirt. Police have not issued a statement yet, but locals are already connecting it to infamous Goatman murders in neighboring Crescent Point. It's happening again.
1: I do that, my